What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the EPM show. This is all things enterprise performance management, and we are here to give you an unfair career advantage. The guest on today's episode is Inas Ibrahim. She comes to us all the way from Egypt, normally lives in New York, but she's in Egypt right now with some family. It's an awesome story. She is a master Anna planner and an EPM consultant, and she is a problem solver at heart. She comes to us today to talk about how she approaches developing great consultants as a master Anna planner. A couple of things that we talk about on the show that you'll learn are how she actually measures success on a project, less based on the implementation itself and more actually on the development of those that she's leading. I thought that was super cool. And she also talks about how being a great consultant goes beyond just your technical skills, but it's dependent upon your human skills as well. And then she has some really interesting takes on the role of a master Anna planner in the ecosystem and how she balances that between her actual project work and adding that value to the ecosystem. I thought that was really great for anyone listening who wants to become a master random planner and what that requires. And then the other thing that she talks about is how to build a culture of learning and development at a consulting firm. And she shares some very practical, very specific examples on how she's approached that in the past. And then this one was really good. It was one of my favorites, the difference in training and development and why it is important to recognize the difference between the two and use both of them. I hope that you get a ton of value out of this episode because I know I did. Check it out. How you doing? I am psyched. I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, this is going to be so much fun. So, hey, just so everyone can get to know you a little bit better, give me your career story in 60 seconds or less. Okay, so at the core, I am a problem solver. That's really what it always comes down to. Uh, when I worked at the beginning of my career in programming, SQL and Java and object-oriented, I was still solving problems. I went to business school. I added to that core of problem solving, like a layer of business as well, and worked in finance for quite some time. Um, then we slapped on another coat of Anna plan on top of that and that's where i have been for the latest few years of my career i've been in the anaplan space but i've worked as i said in programming i moved to working in finance with entrepreneurs and vc companies then i met anaplan and i love it because it kind of merged my two careers, mm -hmm. the programming with the business, and that's where I am, problem solving. You crushed it. You crushed it. And I love that it was, <laughs> it was love at first sight with Anaplan. That's amazing. So, hey, real, real quick, we always like to ask a fun question as well. So my fun question for you, because I know that you are in Egypt right now. So tell me your favorite place to go in Egypt? Okay, so I'm from New York, for those who know me, but I have been in Egypt, where I am from, where all my family is for the past few months. I've been chilling. My favorite place to go in Egypt is by far the North Coast. 
like the beach, the Mediterranean beach. There are like tons of resorts there. And I try to spend as much time when I'm in Egypt just chilling there, really. Sometimes I go to the Red Sea as well. You can tell I'm a water person, but my love is always for the Mediterranean. Let me ask you this, because to, to be honest, this is, this is more of a selfish question now, because Egypt is like my dream vacation. I'm a scuba diver um, and I love doing oh. it. And so like, I want to go dive in Egypt. Like when someone asks me, what's your dream vacation, scuba diving in Egypt, it just is. But like, I can dream come true. I know, exactly. So what is it about the North Coast specifically that you like? It's a very silly answer. And honestly, people have been asking me about it a lot here when we're deciding where to go. And it has to do when we, you tell me, when we were children, whenever you think about the sea or something, it's always that there are waves and there's that sound where the wave crashes. Okay, to me, that is the ocean, that is the sea. The Red Sea doesn't have that. The Red Sea is more of a calm water. So, honest to God, that's the only reason why I like to go there. I sit, you know, under the umbrella. I close my eyes and I just listen to the waves crash. And I'm happy. That sounds so much fun. And I would love to spend the rest of the episode talking about the, the coast of Egypt and scuba diving and all these things. Let's dive in to EPM. Okay. I know one of the things that you're passionate about as a master and a planner, one, the technical side, obviously you, you've reached that level. But another thing I know you're passionate about is developing truly great consultants. So from your perspective, what does it take to develop a great consultant? Okay. First and foremost, you need to have two parties that really want to do this. You need to have someone who really enjoys and wants to transfer knowledge and everything to others. But also in order for this to work, you need that consultant to be open and also very excited about learning and developing. Other than that, you know, that is kind of like the beginning. Now I have done a few couple of things during my career to develop other consultants. I'll tell you the reason for, for this, uh, why am I focused on this maybe more than becoming more technical or that path. Um, at some point in my career, okay, I'm a master and a planner. People hire me for my technical expertise. I design good models. I run projects. Great. Okay. Now. I need to do something else to define my success on a project. It's no longer enough to be, oh yeah, I did a great design and we finished on time. No. And that was between me and myself, honestly. I decided that the way I'm going to measure my own success on the project is by the people who worked with me. Have we became like better? And now we go on another project instead of being a junior, they are a senior or can take more responsibility. So when that happens, I'm like, yes, I kind of achieved that goal. So that's where my personal passion comes from. Okay. I try to apply that whenever I go and 
the concept that I have is it's not only technical. And a plan does a great job in providing technical training to people, for example. But in order to be a great consultant, it takes way more than this. What we call human skills. I'm not going to use the word soft skills. Human skills, and my apology to any robot who's listening. Okay, it takes communication skills, interpersonal skills, and all of this is what we can actually uh, put in the basket of a good consultant. More often than none, the consultants themselves, especially at the beginning of their career, they worry way too much about becoming savvy technically. And I admire that. You have to be at that point. But they neglect developing the other part of their consultant personality. And that's where when I am like a people leader or a consulting manager, or I try to push my team to think about that. One of the things that I was thinking about as you were talking about how you measure success on a project is did the people who worked with me get better? This guy, he's a, he's a leadership coach. His name's John Maxwell. He's written like a ton of books. One of his books is called the five levels of leadership. And in this book, the five levels are level one is, um, position. So you have a position of leadership because you are the certified master and a planner. Level two is relationship. You have a relationship with them so that they trust you enough to follow you. Level three is results. People follow results. But level four is reproduction. It's not just like you can produce results, but it's that you can produce people who can produce those same results. Tell me a little bit about what you think the, the role of a certified master and a planner is in the ecosystem when it comes to developing others. It's really not an obligation. So, I mean, what I'm about to say, it's not mandatory that a person does in order to become a master and a planner. But here's the relationship. In order to become a master and a planner, you have to have great and deep knowledge about and a plan. But then in order to keep that certification, you have to contribute in multiple ways. People who are master and a planners will probably know what I'm talking about. You have to write articles, you have to answer questions, you have to be on events. So you have to actually give back to the community in order to maintain your status as a master and a planner. I chose to become a master and a planner so I can have a platform where I can do more of what I was already doing, which was being very active on the community, answering questions, mentoring people. That allowed me to just do more of what I already like to do. And a plan just established or re-established a new uh, program called Community Boss. And they picked the people to become like, I think it was 12 to 20. I don't know. Man, I have to check. Um, but they picked them. And in order to, you know, continue to be a community boss, or actually before you accepted that position, it was known or it was presented that you will have to be giving back to the community. You will have to be mentoring others, teaching others, and things like that. So I think not ignoring that part of the ecosystem is important and Anna Plan is doing this right now. 
So let me ask you a question about the community boss and to your point, the responsibility that you have to give back to the ecosystem and the community. As a certified master and a planner, I'm also going to go out on a limb here and assume that you're pretty busy when it comes to the technical side of Anaplan as well and delivering on engagement. So from a personal productivity and impact time management perspective, how do you make sure you're carving out time to effectively reinvest in the community? Not just check a box, but effectively do it. How do you manage your schedule? Because I'm, I'm thinking about this from the lens of some of our audience of EPM professionals who want to become master anal planners. Maybe they have a concern around, well, I feel like I'm already kind of tapped to capacity it's in the COE that I'm leading or at the consulting firm where I am. Like, how does someone protect their time and manage their schedule to be able to make sure they can do that? A lot of master anal planners choose to let their certification status lapse because they don't have the time to do exactly what you were just saying. And perhaps without you knowing, you touched on a very important point that I wanted to highlight in today's show, which is in order to develop a good consultant and in order to train people and grow your human capital asset, the concept of giving 40 hours a week to the client and that is the measure of your success, is in the way of doing this. That we have to figure out something to do in order to allow for someone to learn more, to give back more, and at the same time, work and give at least 40 hours to the client every week. So is there like a magic formula? No. And if I'm being completely honest with you, uh, when I'm busy on projects, then I sit on the community for like an hour or, or two during the weekend. Really, I ha that's, that's what I do. When the project is not very hot, and I don't remember when was the last time I had a project that wasn't like very busy, then I could carve, like, you know, windows, I think they, they, they have this automated thing where they block two hours of learning during your week. I try to do something, you know, in a time block. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. One of the things I love that you highlighted was around the consulting firm, maybe changing their definition of success. Abraham Lincoln said this. He said, if you give me six hours to chop down a tree, I'll spend the first four sharpening my ax. And so to become an effective consultant, like part of that is, is the sharpening piece. Like you have to take time to sharpen yourself. So when you show up for your next engagement, you're better than you were before on your last one. Yes. And it, it, it is more of an art than it is a science because when, when projects need to get done, they need to get done. So I guess my question for you then is how do you create a culture of development within an EPM consulting firm? Okay, good. And I have actually examples of some of the things that we've done. I created an onboarding checklist for Anaplan. At Slalom, we had very comprehensive onboarding process for their employees, but I created one for the Anaplan consultant that tells them what exactly do they need to do, 
what bookmarks, like Anaplan bookmark pages that they have. And one of them, for example, was the update. Anaplan comes in with a product update every month, I believe. And we were expecting the consultants to go in and watch the recording or get the summary or whatever. But you know, a consultant is a consultant. So a colleague of mine actually used to summarize the product update and post it on, on the channel for everyone to, to know. Another thing that I did, I used to have an hour meeting with my team every month. And we would do different things. And maybe we get to talk about some of these different things that, that we would do. But one of them was for somebody, either volunteer or voluntold, like my boss, Ryan, used to say, <clears throat> to take a new functionality or something that they learned and explain it to the rest of the team. And we do this in a rotating fashion. So you're, you're saving time. You're not asking eight people to do the same thing and maybe, or maybe not, they, they will do it. Also, I am a big believer that you yourself understand something much better when you have to explain it to others. So that's one of the tricks that I, I used actually in order to kind of keep the team abreast on, on what's going on. That's funny. You mentioned Ryan, we actually had him on the show. I don't know if you happen to catch that episode, but yeah, he's, he's yeah. fantastic. So what's highlighted there for me between the onboarding approach that you have specifically for an Anaplan consultant, as well as your, your hour connects with the team, really two things. The first is your team at slalom in the Anaplan practice, you created systems to, to develop people. You created systems that people could come into that if they walked through the system and engaged with it, it, it would generate a certain result, which was development and people would be improved. And then the second thing I love that you did is you talked about when you booked an hour of time for the team, you stayed true to what that hour was for, which was development. Cause it's easy when you book an hour with your team, like we even, we talked about this recently, Blake and I, how it's easy for us to block an hour. And then we just talk about well, the engagements that we have in the pipeline and like the actual work that we're doing, instead of saying, no, we block this hour for development and for growth, and we're going to stay disciplined to that. I'll tell you what else, you know, we did in that hour. I had so many activities and I put it on teams and every month, like a person would pick one of the activities that they will present. So it wasn't me who is sitting for an hour talking to the team that Remember when I told you both parties need to be invested in the relationship and some of the segments that we had, that we, that we had to choose from was summarizing a book and, you know, a leadership book or a consulting book or reading the summary and then coming back to the team and explaining, you know, the gist of that, of that book. Another segment was to take a, a quote a leadership code or something and to lead a discussion about it. You know, some of the quotes were about, you know, what a good leader is or how to face difficult times. Adam Grant was my 
source for getting most of these quotes. I love it. I think some of it sometimes resonate with what's happening. So we, we get that and we discuss it. I also had a list, like I kept a running list of books that I think the team should read. Some of them about, you know, presentation skills, some of them about leadership, communication, and whatnot. When I asked someone to present, okay, that deal was they will accept my one-on-one evaluation for them later on the way they presented, because presentation is a skill that consultants need to do. So an ideal thing would have been, yeah, let's practice, you know, you presenting to me a sprint or something, but if we don't have the time for this, let's just do small pieces. Oh, one activity that I love, and I would really advise consulting companies to do. Not only one person is doing it with their team, you know, in a, in a big company. You know why they call it training and development? Why? They're not the same, right? That's true. They're not. So training, (laughs) but people use them kind of interchangeably. But training is give someone a course, stand in front of them and tell them what to do. Put them in a computer program. And the, um, the purpose is to sharpen some technical or specific that they have. Development is actually investing in the human being just so they can grow from where they are now. And let me tell you, books are not enough to do this because if they were, I would have been the best, you know, person right now, which I'm not. Why? Because you need to practice these things. It's more in the situations, not in what you read in, in a book or heard in a, in a podcast. So I would get these situational exercises from the internet. And it's more like what you would do in this situation and talk a discussion with the group. I think that's very important. And if we're talking about like one thing that companies could do right now is to invest in more of these situational simulations. Yeah, I, I love that you bring up the difference in training and development. Training is, you know, the way what I heard is increasing your knowledge base and then development is learning to grow and become more precise and effective through execution and through repetition. And sometimes it's through making mistakes, right? That's where development comes as a result of making mistakes and figuring things out and, and, and having a culture where people are allowed to take smart risks. Like development comes from stretching, getting out of our comfort zone. So we should always Mm -hmm. be slightly stretched beyond what we think we can handle. Right. You want to kind of expand and yes. contract, expand and contract when, when, when folks are developing. I love that. Hey, this has been absolutely amazing. I think it's one of the mo- most like practical, uh, some of those practical insights that we have, we have seen on the show when it comes to developing great consultants. So thank you for that. I'm going to get you out of here on this one last question. 
you are a certified master and a planner. You've been in the consulting space for a while. What is your next BHAG or your next big, hairy, audacious goal that you're going after? It doesn't have to be work-related, can be personal, but just what are you aiming towards right now in your, in your life? Okay, can I circle back to the way you introduced me? Yes. When you said Inaz is an EPM consultant. Yep. I love that. Because, as I said, I'm a problem solver. You put me in technology and I will solve problems. Whether that is using Anaplan on any of the other tools, I know that I am very immersed in Anaplan right now. But the idea is to kind of have it not so restricting. But that's aside. Now I wanted to get that out before we finish. My behind. I am a passionate reader. I read over 500 books, according to Goodreads now. Yeah. And the genre that I used to read the most of, I cannot switch right now, was historical fiction. And I read everything that was written on, you know, medieval times, World War One and Two. And my dream was always, hey, I'm going to take one month, two months vacation to tour Europe and kind of see all these spots where I read about in the books and things like that. But that doesn't happen. Can't be, well, you can't take that much time from work and have money to spend. So I was working on, what do you call it? I'm sorry, for the agile. Scrum master. Scrum master, thank you very much. <laughs> So I was getting the certification there and I decided that I will apply it to this big dream and I will do it, but in sprints of four days to a week. So I jumped on last year and I went to Rome. Okay. This year I went to Greece planning for the next time. So that is my big project is kind of to visit all these places and connect with what I read about them. That is amazing. I love that as a, as a BHAG and I love your approach to it. So, hey, where, where can people find you if they want to connect with you outside of the show? I am on LinkedIn right now. They can get me easily on the Anaplan community. I write a blog right now, like a series about SPM and how we can, APM and especially Anaplan can help in scaling the operation manager's role in sales. So you'll find my blogs also on LinkedIn. And hey, if you know me, just, you know, not, I'll answer, Vino. I love it. Inas, thank you so much for the time today. This has been amazing. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Wherever you're consuming this, if it's YouTube, if it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we appreciate you. Make sure you're subscribed. We have a lot more amazing guests on the way, a lot more great content. We're doing our best to bring you value and have fun while we do it. And we really want this to be a career advantage listening to this show and we want you to enjoy it. So it means a lot. Make sure you're subscribed for what's, what's to come. And also, if you're up for it, it would mean a lot if you leave us a like, a comment, a rating, a review, whatever platform you're on. That really helps and it gets us fired up when we see those. So I appreciate you guys. Find us on LinkedIn. I'm Blake Bozarth, my co-host Chad Pike with a Y. Would love to connect with you there. 
Have an awesome day. See you next time. Peace.